The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Well, here's a team that believes they're in line for a tag team title opportunity. 
They had a number of wins over the former tag champs, Natalia and Tamina. Anytime you have a tank, I think you make the rules. Yeah. Okay. Oh! Where'd that missile go? Did it leave the arena? Shots have been fired. Here comes KO. Oh my God! Who the hell? Happy Corbin. Well, this dude's happy too. Look at the double team. Kevin Owens driven out of the steel. That had to hurt. Can Montez Ford come out of the heavens to take out Reigns from the heavens? Knees up to the midsection and now into the guillotine. The guillotine on Ford. This move has taken out so many opponents over the past year in this incredible title reign of Reigns. Ford trying to hang on. Ford's fading. Ford taps. Ford time. Here is your winner by submission. The Universal Champion, Roman Reigns! Roman Reigns put Montez Ford into La La Land. Ooh, smack in the mouth! The man just smacked the ESC of WWE right above! He's been disrespected by the man, by the champion! Right here in Philadelphia!
Hello everyone and welcome to the PWC Presents Friday Night Smack Talk. I'm your host Jimmy T and tonight my guest, well he actually he's not really my guest, he's actually my co-host. He's back. He's Dr. Jeff Lippman. How you been my friend? It's been a while man since we've done the show but I'm, I'm glad to have you back. How's things? Well, I had some passport problems, as you know. I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't get travel arrangements. Chavo was uh, affecting my car service and everything else like that. So, you know, we got that all straightened out. But yeah, the, the foreign object is back, back with the PWC. I understand also on the hitting the marks. I mean, where does it stop? Where does it stop? Well, I'm glad you said that because not only are we on hittingthemarks.com where you can find all our shows. But we're also here on the PWC network, but also the skirmish every Wednesday night. So on the hustle. So we're moving on up, man. Yeah, we're on the PW hustle as well, man. So we're moving on up, dude. The hustle shuns me. I mean, you know, they'll come on my shows, but they they don't have me on theirs. Right, I'm surprised, dude, because you're pretty tight with the boys, man. Maybe we should get you on. I know, right? I mean, you you think so? You think so? Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to start to take that personal. Well, Ray, if you hear me, get the foreign object, Dr. Jeff Lippman, on the Hustle Network. In, in all fairness, half the people in the Facebook book have blocked me, so that might be the reason. <laughs> well, well, Jeff, you're pretty controversial, man. I'm not going to lie, because going around social media, I can never escape you, dude. You get, a, I'm telling you, man, it's like you trend sometimes. No kidding, I've seen threads where there's been at least over 300 posts about you. That's that's insane. I mean, I have 430 followers on Twitter. Where where are these people? Why can what well, where why aren't they trolling me? Why aren't they fighting with me on, on social media? Um, but all right, good to know. Cool. Well, uh, everyone, if you want to hear me and and hate me, tune in here, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be Facebook pages, and I know that there's Twitter pages, and we, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, well, either way, if they don't like you, they still talk about you, my friend, so I think that's a positive thing, man. I guess people are captivated by you, man. I mean, they really are. Sounds like my ex-wife and her family. Oh, <laughs> if only I had the effects, because I would have done a right there. <laughs> that's perfect. Well... Let's get wah, into- wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. But anyway, let's get into SmackDown coming from the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. I mean, we start off with a bit of a bang between Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs versus Apollo Crews with Commander Aziz. And before I get into the match, Commander Aziz, man, is he trying to be Gaddafi or what? what? What's going on here? I don't know what he's trying to do, but it's it's not a wrestler. Right. Um and I really had high hopes for him because he's so goddamn big and I like big wrestlers. But first they put him in this uniform, which makes him look slim as opposed to bulky. It's it's like they forgot how to like make big men look big. Like they have that ridiculous outfit on, on Shanky also. Oh. Um, but yeah, the Apollo Crews booking over the last four months has been some of the most perplexing like they, they turned him into a star and then they, they decided like two weeks later, nah, we don't want him to be a star. And we gave him this six foot nine guy for no reason at all. Well, first of all, I don't know about you, but I find it kind of disturbing by him talking like he's straight from Africa. I mean, we all know he doesn't really talk like that. It's kind of weird for me. 
Like, because I don't want to laugh at it, but if you laugh, I hate to say it, but you might get labeled like a racist even. I don't even want to go to that to that route, but it's... I just feel it's a bit... Like, if I was him, I wouldn't be for this shit, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sure, he's been elevated, supposedly, but I don't know, man. I, I just... I don't know. I don't, I don't like where they're going with this. It's been too long already. Just changing back to... Apollo Crews already, and when I say that, I'm talking about just him being normal. Well, my understanding is that this was his idea, and he actually is from Nigeria. And I don't know about the accent, and I don't know if he ever set foot in Nigeria. That that's just his heritage. Um, but he was Uha Nation on the Indies. Right. That's true. Um, and apparently, he did a similar gimmick. Now, not necessarily that he was a prince and and brought in a you know a bodyguard or whatever. I don't mind that. I mean, I, I think any, anything that differentiates someone is good, but I, I just think it was, it was strange. They, they, you know, they had him being someone who could win on their own, but also occasionally when they needed assistance, they would get assistance from Aziz, not dissimilar from Roman Reigns with the Usos. Like he relies on them a lot, but also when he needs to win on his own, he pulls out those also, um, you know, more, you know, uh, about 50, 50. And the same thing was going on with Apollo Crews for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden they decided that not only is he going to lose uh, unless Commander Aziz helps, but he's going to lose even when Commander Aziz helps. And I don't know that Commander Aziz can hold down a match enough that they should break them up. And I, I and I don't know that Apollo Crews is a big enough star that if one of them turns heel or turns face, that it will make a goddamn bit of difference. So I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot of love for Shinsuke Nakamura in the IWC, uh, the Rick Boogs thing was interesting in the beginning. I mean, it's sort of getting old, but at least they, you know, started him wrestling for the first several weeks. He was just playing the guitar. Now he wrestles also, so that's better. Um, I don't like his outfit. Uh, you know, I don't like the the look. It's sort of Pat Benatarish, if that makes any oh sense. Oh my God, Pat Benatarish! <laughs> I like Pat Benatar, man. Come on, but yeah, I see where you're coming from. You definitely yeah, but- go back. Yeah, he looks like he's in the '80s music video. Absolutely. It, it, but uh, what was her? What was her husband's like? Neil Schoen or something was yeah. was the guitarist. Yeah. Like, it looks like he'd be that, but I don't know. I mean, he he's got a charisma. It's just the problem with I think all things WWE is either they cut out too much of their talent or they still are not using enough people. And, and you see like the same thing every week, and it it gets dull no matter who the person is. But I think that you know it's it's good to knock. He resigned. He gets his his IC title. I mean, one thing about WWE: if you play their their game, your your time will come. They will, you know, they do take turns giving people belts and giving them prominence. Well, in saying that, you saying how Nakamura is very popular with the IWC crowd. Well, don't you think he deserves a, a WWE title run or a Universal title run in this case? No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't really see that much of Nakamura. I don't, I don't think he's that interesting a wrestler. I find him odd to look at. I feel like he dresses like a figure skater, like figure skater Kane. Um, I, you know, he's he's not this. Yeah, I, I don't really watch New Japan, but I've seen some clips. He's not the same guy. He doesn't wrestle the same way. He's he's not as he's not as big and bulky. I don't know. There's there, to me, there's something off-putting about Nakamura. So Intercontinental. That's fine. He, you know, he's he's had enough sort of mid card title runs and tag team title runs. He's he's been treated with, with respect, but I, I don't I don't think he's the guy to hold a brand. I mean, 
I think he's sort of like how people look at Finn Balor and then they put him on the top of the card at NXT and they get 600,000 viewers or 650,000 viewers. Okay. I mean, that, that's sort of Nakamura. That, that, that's, that's the audience he appeals to. I mean, you have Roman Reigns on there and you're going to give the title to Nakamura instead. No, 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 my friend. Right. I mean, no, that's true in saying that. And you're spot on when you said he's not the same guy from New Japan till now. And he does look weird in WWE these days. Like, I think it's just him sort of on cruise control and not giving a shit anymore. He's just happy that he's in the States. I believe he doesn't even want to go back to Japan. And he's just got a job getting paid well, I'm sure. No one wants to go back to Japan. The New Japan guys refuse to go back to Japan because they can't work there. <laughs> well, jeez. Oh, Suzuki's working for GCW. He's like, yep, yeah, no, nope, I'm going to get a paycheck. Uh-uh. I'll, yeah, I'll go anywhere. No, I'm, I'm not, I'll go anywhere but Japan. Well, well, that's interesting that you say that. You, you Are you saying there's a bit of a conspiracy theory going on, Jeff, with the COVID crisis over there and, and stuff like that? I don't think it's a theory. I, I just think that because they have so few shows and Japan takes COVID so much more seriously than, than the U.S. does, for better or for worse, and, and things are closed and their guys keep getting infected, so things keep getting canceled, they just can't work. They, they don't have... They don't have security they don't have uh, any confidence that any show is going to go forward and then they've also been hit with the injury bug at the same time so it's sort of like a double whammy so you've got people like jay white and juice robinson and suzuki and, and others that are here and i think all things considered they'd rather be here ren narita is is working everywhere like he's a big deal he's on new japan strong he's on he's on championship wrestling of hollywood they're advertising him everywhere Who's Ren Narita? He's he was a young boy. I mean, but I know who Ren Narita is now. I'm not sure I know who Takagi Shingo is, and he was the champion. I hope Jago doesn't hear that, Jeff, because <laughs> he's I don't huge... watch New Japan. I, I never have. <laughs> he's a huge Shingo Takaki fan, big time, man. And, and that's fine. I, I'm not. It's. I think the. I think the person who regrets this the most is Jeff Cobb, who's like. Yeah, I'm not going to sign with anyone. I'm going to be a free agent, and then I'm going to go to Japan and ha you know have some fun and do my thing. And like as soon as he went there, like the world went to hell. And the, the, the poor guy, like he could have worked for AEW, could have worked for WWE, he could have done anything he wanted. And now he's you know, I mean, I'm sure he's not starving, but actually, I'm not sure. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what his <laughs> bank book looks like. But yeah, I mean, point is, I, I don't think that Shinsuke has the look, the the broadband mainstream charisma his english isn't that great he can't he can't carry the premier title in wwe fair enough and i can see where you're coming from no doubt about it but we're getting to the match cruz and nakamura lock up and cruz takes nakamura down nakamura recovers and hit and hit a kick to take down cruz nakamura then sets up cruz up on the top rope nakamura went for a knee but apollo moved and took down nakamura Cruz tosses Nakamura over the top row and they cut to a break. As we get back from a break, Boogs play guitar on, on the outside. And I just want to touch on, does Boogs actually play the guitar or is that just bullshit? No, no, he really plays the guitar, which maybe, you know, where Elias might come back in with, with you know, the doing dueling banjos or whatever. But I thought what you were going to say, like how, like, how easily distracted is Apollo Cruz at this point? Boogs with the guitar has distracted him like 11 out of the last 12 weeks at some point like hearing an electric guitar should just be background noise 
Yeah. Well, are you telling me he actually does play Nakamura's theme too as they come out? I'm telling you, I believe he does. Yes. Oh, it's interesting. If someone told me I was wrong and that it was in the know, I wouldn't call them a liar. I, 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 but yeah, I assume the whole thing is because he plays guitar. And see, this is the problem I've got with Boogs. And, and I like Elias, but it's too much, you know, too similar. I mean, if them two don't get into at least being a tag team, which I can see in, in the future for whatever sure. reason, because WWE. The doing guitars. Right. Imagine that. I think for deliverance, like, if they were evil. Right. I mean, can but, you imagine the guitar shots they would be doing all the time? Jeez. Yeah, they could they could do a play off the righteous or ring of honor and you know some sort of uh, or like the Wyatt family something like that. But you know Elias buried his guitar and then he said Elias is dead. Long live Elias! And he took off his other hat and he put on sort of like a farmer's hat. So you know who knows? I, I I've said on other shows I hope he comes back as like like the like an evil preacher, huh. like sort of like what Alistair Black was trying to do, but sort of like the the comic book or the TV show preacher. Like he's he's like a, a you know, a preacher like like the Clint Eastwood character when he was the the, the preacher in the cowboy movie. <laughs> That's, that'll be funny. Well, Boog's playing the guitar on the outside while Cruz held down Nakamura. Pal Rider. That's the movie. Pal Rider. Oh, okay. I should check that out. I don't think I've seen it, but but continuing on, Cruz holds down Nakamura. Nakamura recovers and hit a series of kicks, ending with one to the head to take down Cruz. Nakamura then gets a near fall. And they went to the middle rope. Cruz recovers and hit a drop kick as Nakamura came off the ropes. Cruz went after Nakamura and knocked him into the corner, but Nakamura battled back with kicks. Nakamura then hit a knee from the outside rope and got a near fall. Nakamura then went went for a Kinshasa, but Cruz counts, counters and hit a modified Samoan drop for a near fall. Nakamura then recovered again and kicked that Cruz, taking. Well, why down. don't they call it? The uh, Nigerian drop for him, or the Lagos drop. <laughs> the Lagos drop. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, you know, why? Why don't? Why don't they change the name of it? Like, they don't. They don't call it the Canadian destroyer for everybody. They 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 call it different destroyers. The, uh, the you know Adam Cole calls this thing the Panama Sunrise. I mean, you change names for where you're from. I mean, yeah, it's a Samoan drop. We get it, but I mean. You know, just give give it a different name. Everyone's doing the D, the diamond cutter. They you know they call it different things. So I don't know why it doesn't call it the Lagos drop or the you know Victoria Falls something. I know Victoria Falls is nowhere near Nigeria. I know it's I think it's in Zaire, Kenya. But uh, regardless, uh, I, it's just one thing. I just if if they're really blending into the character, he should you know bring some of the uh, Africa names into his moveset. Jeez. I mean, the Lagos drop is pretty cool, actually, but which is the capital of Nigeria, so why not? But as we go on, Nakamura sets up for a Kinshasa again, but Cruz rolled to the apron. Aziz tried to get involved, but Boogs came around the corner and hit Aziz with a huge suplex on the outside. Back in the ring, Nakamura ends up rolling up Cruz up for the win. And Roll up, Shinsuke, sir. Yep, Shinsuke retains his Intercontinental Championship in around about eight minutes. What do you think of the overall match anyway, Jeff? I was not impressed with this match. I mean, I was glad to see a cruise get back into the picture, but for this, uh, not so much. And if this is all we got, then he shouldn't get 32 rematches, which is probably what's going to happen, or he'll be in fatal four ways, fatal three ways, or some sort of gauntlet match. I just don't know who the other players are in, in WWE on SmackDown. I mean, there's a draft coming around. Uh, maybe he needs to be drafted back to raw. I, I don't know. Get a, 
another fresh start. But again, I don't understand why they give him the six foot ten behemoth, and it, it's not more of a powerhouse. And you know, if they wanted to give him, you know, a, a small army, I, I don't know why you cut EJ and Duca, uh, you know, who's about six foot eight and chisels out of stone and works a WWE style. I mean, the three of them, that'd be a pretty impressive faction. So um, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't get a lot of things, but you didn't ask me that. Uh, this match, I, th- I thought it was just, it was just okay. Well, put it this way, Jeff, please say whatever and however you want to, even if I ask you a question, it doesn't matter. You can, you can rant on as much as you want, man. So don't think that you can't talk about whatever you want to. So it's all good, man. Don't feel well, shy, thought, Jeff. <laughs> well, I thought the match, I mean, it was supposed to be like instead of on the pre-show for Extreme Rules or instead of on the card for Extreme Rules. So it should have been a, a bigger, more important match. They should have given it more time with, and I don't want to be too AWE, but there should have been more near falls, more suspense. I, I, I mean, I, I never felt like there was, the title was going to change hands. And I mean, we should feel that way, especially with, that giant guy out there and he's got that giant spear thing with the the weight on the bottom of it. I mean, you know, maybe you should have knocked Rick Boogs on the head with it or something. You have Pat McAfee who, whenever the music plays goes crazy and that's so organic and great. Um, I don't know. They just, I, I think Nakamura is maybe more interesting chasing. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree with that. And speaking of Pat McAfee, we do get him dancing on the table as Cole's, as Michael Cole sends us to a, video pa- uh, package <laughs> recapping Roman Reigns' participation on Raw this past Monday night. So, I mean, Pat McAfee is absolutely a godsend for, for WWE. He's that good, man. And you he can is. see Michael Cole is actually having fun mm-hmm. out there with McAfee. He's just that good. I love him. I think he's the best commenter or the best color guy since Jerry the King Lawler. And when I say that, I'm talking about from back in the day. Not you know today's Lawler and right not five years ago Lawler you're talking right, about like right. you know two thousand Lawler yeah absolutely I think he's that good I won't say he's better than Bobby the Brain Heenan and and guys like that obviously but I think he's just as good as the King possibly better it's just because he's energy. different right yeah he's got energy he's different it's original and it feels like it comes comes from the soul but he's also he's also hitting the bullet points he's a, he's a pro and he's a natural I mean I got no complaints with McAfee, except he's got to have the same reactions for the same eight people a week. I mean, it's 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 just tough. I love how much of a hard-on he gets for Brock Lesnar, which is... The comment he said a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown, how this Lesnar looks like the he ate the old Lesnar. And <laughs> yeah. all, that, that made me laugh, man, because that was well said. And I'm wondering, do you think Vince is even producing him? I think he almost has... He's able to do whatever he wants. That's how it comes across. Or is it yeah, just no, me? I, no, I think you're right. I think I think he does what he wants and it's and it's working. I, I'm sure they give him, like I said, bullet points and things to make sure that he hits. And probably probably Cole is producing them a little bit, but I think Cole's saying, This is great, this is working. I think Vince probably trusts Cole that much. Oh, definitely, for sure. And we all know that. I and mean, we we've heard in the past that Cole can be a prick, apparently. So I mean, and but in this case, they, they seem to get along like a house on fire. So, yeah. Well, he's been on a TV show for 21 years. He's been with the same company for 21 years in basically a starring role. Of course, you're going to get cocky. I mean, he probably also makes a few million dollars a year. So a, a lot of things come with that kind of wealth and, and celebrity, in, including ego. 
But and, and you probably have to have a more than healthy ego to get yourself into that position in the first place. But the only other guy that I thought that was this organic and this natural at commentary was Samoa Joe. I agree. Absolutely. And actually, before we continue, I want to ask you something about Joe. With this new uh, NXT 2.0 bullshit that's happening, um, do you think he was never injured? Because personally, I think he was never injured, man. I think, well, they said he's not injured. He's just not medically cleared. There could be a lot of reasons. Right, but what does that even mean? Like, really? Well, it it could mean that he's having uh, symptoms similar to a concussion or from a a concussion syndrome or CTE. It could mean he, in this era, you can never rule out he was exposed to COVID or got COVID. Um, I mean, you saw how gassed he looked when he in when he won the title. I mean, that that was that was terrible. Um, Punk looks less gassed than him, Uh, And and he's looking gassed too, though. To be fair. Yeah, Sting looked less gassed than him that, um, Wednesday night. That um, I absolutely agree with. Yeah, that's true. And he's sixty-two, so right. uh, you know it, it could be a bunch of things. I mean, he could be he could, could be sick. Who who knows? But no, I I don't think it was a work because if it was, it was a terrible idea. I mean, I understand that you want to reset things with NXT, but why sabotage your champion who's going on to Raw to do so? and then strip the title and have to change the entire dynamic of the match to put in Va- Von Wagner, who, who was Cal Bloom, who looks like the Caucasian great Kali, um, you know, who isn't even that, you know, he's not that great. And, you know, he, he wasn't, he, he's not so great that they decide not to feature him the second week. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I really think that that, that it, it seemed like it was a last minute kind of thing that, I don't think it was planned. So that's my opinion. Do I have any support for it? No, none whatsoever. Well, put it this way, Jeff. When you've got someone like, and a name like Bron Breaker, <laughs> enough, enough said, yeah. dude. I mean, what the hell were they thinking? Whoever came up with that stupid name, why not just call him Bronson Breaker? Well, well they just had a Bronson that they got rid of. And they they also, but they also just had a Bron that they got rid of too. So, right. Listen, I, I don't I don't like the name much more than anyone else. I just don't hate it. I just don't see why you have a Steiner there. You don't go with Rex Steiner, but apparently he chose that name. Really? So yeah, the, he he had some input in that name and he chose it. Whatever. They can always change names again. And truth be told, if he's good and he is good, and if he gets better and he will, um, no one's going to remember the name. I mean, let's not forget that Steve Austin wasn't always Steve Austin. He was Steve Williams. That's his real name. But there was another guy, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, who back then was a bigger star. Now, that's laughable now to think of that because Stone Cold Steve Austin's might be the biggest name in the industry. He's top three by anyone's metrics. Absolutely. Um, but he changed his name. William Regal was Stephen Regal. But he changed his name partly because there was another wrestler named Stephen Regal. Well, I don't know about that because in WCW he was Stephen Regal and in WWF he was William Regal. But whatever. I, right, I but WWF is the only place that cares about that. I mean, right. look, look at look at uh, at at AEW. I mean, I think I made this joke with with you and and Chris when we were doing the the skirmish and the you know they have Ethan Page, they got Christian Cage, oh. they have Brian Cage. They just need Diamond Dallas Page. They have like they have, it's like Noah's Ark. They have two of everything. <laughs> Noah's Ark. Yeah, it's true. No, absolutely. Well, we move on to a backstage segment where Montez Ford was in the back with Kayla, 
Ford said he isn't concerned for his match on Sunday. Ford also said that the Street Profits will win on Sunday and regain the Tag Team Championship. Caleb then asked where Angelo Dawkins was. Ford said Dawkins is at a wedding, but he'll be back. Ford then goes on to say Reigns treats the Usos like little bitches, not like part of his bloodline. Ford then dropped the Street Profits catchphrase and walked off. What do you think of that little segment? I think bitches is lazy. I know people love Montez Ford. I'm not one of them. Really? I see... I see the athleticism that people love. I mean, he has a beautiful frog splash. Um, he's a little bit lean for for my taste in the wrestler, but but uh, it's his. I don't know his his effect. I don't like. Like, I don't love his promos. They just seem contrived. Everything seems contrived. The like the steam pipe sunglasses, sort of looking up and and to the side. It, it, it's almost like a Randy Orton pose. It's like nothing about him feels natural. And I know nobody likes Dawkins. I actually prefer Dawkins because I feel like I know guys like Dawkins. He at least seems like, like he's close to him. Ford always seems like he's a character. I, I just, I, I think wrestlers get over best when they're closer to themselves. Um, anyway, I know that they want to, people want to see him get a little bit of solo time and he did. We got two promos from Ford, so if it was just one, I don't think I would have minded, but two, don't need that. Interesting, because I actually think uh, Ford's got so much potential, really, dude. I mean, the fact that he got a a kid that seemed like he was not even one years old yet to smile, that's some sort of charisma, dude. I mean, seriously. Do you remember that, that, that incident on Raw where he picked up a random child in the crowd who looked like he was a newborn? No, no but I mean... Oh. It was a great but one-year-olds smile at everything, so <laughs> they just smile or cry. <laughs> right, but the way he was smiling, it was just a moment. If you see it, you'll understand what I'm saying. But, like, I really think, I know I'm going to... farted. It was a plant. Probably. It probably was. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing is, I used to say a long time ago now, when I say that months ago, and you're probably going to kill me for this, Jeff, but I feel like Ford has almost has got potential to be... A rock light if you see where I'm coming from I'm talking about because he's got something about him that that's kind of captivating but I see where you're coming from too I get where he comes across as sort of fake and just not natural like Dawkins is very much himself you know and he seems to be the the more serious not as immature because Ford can be sort of immature right mm -hmm. but I do see something in him like potentially and I could see him having a singles run in the future whereas Dawkins knowing WWE I could just yeah. see them just not doing anything with him with him if they split him up yeah D Dawkins is is definitely the the Jim Neidhart of the of the squad you know he'll he'll be you know either a perennial tag team guy or you know sort of low card but no I, I know what you mean with Ford and I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit thicken up a little bit but yeah, it's mostly the effect. But listen, Rocky Mayavia was as corny as they got. And at some point it just clicked. Listen, nobody loved the ringmaster, Steve Williams, but something just clicked one day. Um, so yeah, it, it, he's still young in his career. And yeah, at some point something may click. I think it was about four weeks ago that something clicked for Bianca Belair, where she seemed less of a robot and more of herself. And, you know, I, I don't know when it was, but it was not very long ago that, that she cut her first baby face promo that I actually thought, 
that was a good promo. That sounded that didn't sound like she's trying to be a cheerleader. That sounds like she's a jock. Right. I mean, and what's with like? I mean, a lot of people who so badmouth Bianca Belair, like she's not that great. She's this. She's that. I think she's all right. I mean, sure, she's not the greatest, but I think she'll get better in time. And working with working a program with Becky Lynch, I think will just will benefit her. Even though everyone thinks she got squashed, which she did. Let's be honest, right? But, sure, but that was a story. That's it. It's, it's, it's true. But I don't think she's going to retain, but we'll get to that. I mean, not retain, win the championship back, but like I said, we'll, we'll move on to that soon. But we get another segment in the back with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Reigns asked Heyman what Ford just said. Heyman said Ford called the greatest tag team of all time the Usos bloodline bitches. Reigns then said he wants a match with Ford tonight. Heyman reminded Reigns that he's defending in 48 hours against the undefeated Demon. Reigns didn't seem that impressed, but Heyman said he would make it happen. Reigns then cut him off and asked the wise man why he was still there. Heyman walks off as Reigns just sat there and stared, pretty much. I mean, what do you think of this? I... I I thought this was good. I thought this was one of the high points of the show. I have also noted, and I noticed it then, and I noticed it later in the ring. Paul Heyman, for the first time, is talking a lot more in his segments with Roman. Usually he's just staring at Roman and shaking, saying, it will be done, my tribal chief. Right. Uh, and then when he, then he goes out, he'll talk to Jimmy, he'll talk to Jay, he'll run into Kayla and go, ah, it's you again. Stop stalking me. He'll, <laughs> he'll talk to everyone else, but to Roman... He's basically silent. He basically acknowledges. He was talking a lot more. And, you know, Brock just came back. Now he's talking a little bit more. Maybe he's got a plan B. You know, if Roman dumps him, he, you know, he, he he was with the last big thing. Why not get, get back with the last big thing? So, you know, if this is subtle storytelling, I'm all about it. I'm all into it. Now, usually when I read into WWE stuff and make it more clever than it is, I'm making it more clever than it is, but I don't know. But Paul Heyman does know the subtle psychology of wrestling and stories. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't doing more talking, um, you know, to, to appeal to people like me who, who are picking up on that. But yeah, I, I thought it was good. And, and I liked the Romans. Like I want to match with him tonight. And he's like, why are you still here? Hmm. Oh, I agree. And, and it's a good spot because he never really said much. It's true. So, in saying that, I think that's good. I do think that Roman Reigns will end up losing the title, believe it or not, to the Demon. Because it makes it's only the way that it would make sense for him to move on then to Brock Lesnar for Blood Money 4 in Saudi Arabia for a non-title match. Because that way, you get Lashley moving over to, to SmackDown, right? He could be the one to beat friggin' uh, the Demon, Finn Balor. Then we move on to a program with between him and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, possibly for the title. And then we also get The Rock against Roman Reigns for the head of the table. Uh, listen, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that if that's the way it played out. Um, I think that Finn is like Cesaro right now. He's, he's getting his couple matches and, and that's the end. I don't know why they would get rid of a big demon to replace him with a small demon. Um, but it's not, 
it's not out of the question. I mean, the Demon is only has one loss, and that was in NXT, so he's undefeated in WWE. Though I think he only had two matches <laughs> as the Demon, so I don't know how impressive a you know a, a, a car. What is that? A ranking that is, or a record that is. Um, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see any reason why they would take off the belt off Roman right now is the best thing they got going. And the second best thing they have is Brock. So I could, you know, obviously the obvious thing is the Usos. Maybe he gets a new thumper. Now on Hammerlock Hangover, <laughs> I predicted that maybe Braun Strowman might, might return, but uh, apparently he's on an indie card with EC3. Um, so on October 2nd, so he, you know, Roman was his best friend. He could be his thumper, but, um, you know, maybe there's someone else who, who be Roman's thumper. Um, but Steve actually said something that made more sense. It was much more WWE. And that is that Brock Lesnar might cost the demon the title because he wants it for himself. Right. But then what? Then the demon moves on to Brock Lesnar and gets absolutely annihilated. Well, I don't know. The the beast versus the demon. I mean, you know, Brock likes working with smaller guys. Um, so I don't know. I think the beast versus the demon that doesn't need to have a title involved in it. Um, I mean, right now, if anyone's going to take the title off of Roman on SmackDown, it's probably Brock. I know a lot of people saying that Brock's going to be drafted back to Raw. I don't know why would you would take this Paul Heyman, you know, love triangle dynamic and break it up so i i i wouldn't do that i would keep them together i agree 100 percent. whoever thinks that come on now <clears throat> it also it also takes i know everyone's like we want to see lashley versus brock okay well you're going to see it once or twice but then then it's over then what do you do with them it, it it takes away from one of them and it also takes away from carrying cross who's sort of like a similar type of wrestler that you're trying to build so you know i mean they got a bunch of guys like that they got sheamus they, they have almost they don't really need another monster on Raw. They're gonna. I think they're gonna do something with Keith Lee. Maybe make him a heel. Who knows? Um, but you've got Damian Priest, who's a pretty big guy. So you know, I don't think you need another monster on Raw. And I, but most, I wouldn't break up that dynamic with the you know whose side is Paul Heyman on. Right, and see, why, the only reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, the only reason why I think that is because we're not going to get Lashley beating Big E, let's be honest, right? It's not going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. Don't make me cry. Why? Because <laughs> Lashley is like my favorite wrestler. I love Lashley too. Right now in WWE, he's definitely in my top three like reasons to watch that damn show, right? And mm -hmm. all their shows. But I actually don't... I'm one of the very few that actually doesn't like Big E being champion right now. I still felt like Lashley should have had a longer run. Like just, yeah, I would like him to have a solid year-long run. Right. But if he gets the title, I don't care if they hot potato it a little bit. Like if they reform the Hurt Business, then you have the Hurt Business versus the New Day kind of thing. And, you know, you have some extreme rules where anybody loses and Big E gets the title back. And then the Hurt Business adds a, you know, a fourth guy. So now it's four on three and Lashley gets it back. I mean, there's ways you can do it to protect it and... and keep it going for for a while. I mean, not dissimilar to, you know, what AEW does with their factions. They just keep making them bigger, but the, the you know, the central goal is still the same. Somebody wants to be Kenny Omega. It's just harder and harder to get to him. Uh, and then the, the sub story is, you know, is Christian Cage going to stay aligned with Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, Brian Danielson, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, et cetera, or is somebody going to turn on somebody? 
Um, you know, or are they going to work their way, you know, through the gallows Anderson and, you know, all the, all the goons up through the bucks, uh, you know, now Adam Cole and, you know, so, you know, I, I like when there's a lot of possible ways that, that you can go and it, it gets harder to predict. I'm glad you brought up that. And just to touch on AEW, I've been saying for months, right? That Christian Cage is going to turn on Jungle Boy. There's no ifs or buts about that. I can see it. The seeds are planted. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. But that's that's for another discussion. But I'm telling you, I, I do think that. But we go back from the break. They showed pictures of Philadelphia, you know, around the city. Heyman walked up to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville backstage. Pierce said he won't tell Heyman where Lesnar will be drafted again. Heyman then goes on to ask for the match between Reigns and Ford. Pierce said they can make that happen. While Heyman said that after the match, they can talk about the draft. Heyman then walks off as Pierce questioned what he was talking about. I mean, Reigns ain't going anywhere. He's staying on SmackDown. No, no doubt about it, in my opinion. But what? Well, think I think. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think that you know Heyman is trying to figure out maybe you know a to get Brock away from Roman, you know, or if he can have clients on two shows and represent two champions. Either way, they're they're good stories. I agree, absolutely. And and what's with the one thing I've noticed about WWE's format lately is less time for matches and way more segments. What's up with that, man? What's with this trend lately in WWE for both Raw and SmackDown? We're getting like two and a half matches. Ten minutes feels like a like a an absolute like long match compared to what they've been doing lately. We're getting a lot of two minute matches, two and a half minute matches. What's going on? I think they sort of figured out that people don't watch WWE for the matches. Interesting. Well, well, I mean, geez, I mean, I like a good matchup personally. And, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. But I just find like they're going into, they're trying to move into a different direction. Whether they're trying to cater more to the casuals that like, you know, the soapy stuff, Mm -hmm. probably. But you know what else I've noticed? There's been a lot more kids in the crowd lately too, man. Especially mm-hmm. on the raw side of things, that's one thing that's sort of been sticking out. But what yeah. matches are boring? Oh, I agree. Raw in general, that that middle, like that second hour, just needs to go. Um, yeah, on, on a TV show, any match that's more than fifteen minutes is too long. The and the problem with WWE is that both wrestlers get an entrance that's about five minutes long. True. Then there's a commercial. Then there's a match. Then, you know, somebody falls to the floor, goes to a table, whatever, and they zoom in on the camera. Then there's another commercial. It's like, you always know what the formula is. So it's, it's like, you know, their, their, their eight minute match can easily take up 25 minutes of TV time. And, and, you know, a third to two thirds of it is, is absolute filler. I mean, AW doesn't do that. Their, their longest entrances you know, or maybe two and a half minutes, and, and that's that's your MJFs, that's your Chris Jericho's, you know, your Cody's who gets booed. Um, oh, that was but but they fit more matches in it. So if if the matches are uh, just a short, nobody complains because they'll get five matches in an hour instead of two. Uh, so they can put on a twenty-five minute match or a thirty-minute time limit draw match and still have three and a half matches in the first hour. Where WWE just there. If you get anything more than two matches in in the first hour, no matter how short the matches are, you're fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how many times you want to see Carmella versus Liv Morgan. Oh, don't even get me started on that, but we'll get to that too. 
Well, we come back and Cole said Reigns doesn't wrestle often on SmackDown, but we get to see him tonight. So then we get Rollins in the back. So many backstage segments. Anyway, he said he's a patient man. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he's waited seven days and hasn't received a response from Edge. Rollins then said the sound of Edge's silence is deafening and tells him Edge is hurt and hurt bad. He said Edge is afraid to admit that Rollins is the reason he won't compete again. Rollins then goes on to say that isn't that 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 excuse ain't good enough. He said he wants an answer. Rollins then goes on to say that next week Edge needs to come to SmackDown and tell everyone Rollins is not Edge light. And that Rollins is better than Edge and Rollins ended Edge's career. Rollins continues saying if Edge doesn't, he will find where he sleeps and beat the words out of him in front of his wife and children. Rollins snickered as they cut away. Not bad promo. It wasn't bad. Um, but I feel like every week I'm just seeing, again, like a five or six minute recap of the week before with yep. Seth Rollins and Edge. We all know Edge has written off TV for a while. The one thing I liked in this promo is it sounded like he might do like a Steve Austin, Brian Pillman home visit, which... The gun incident? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully there won't be a gun, but... but you know, Beth Phoenix, you know, it, you know, she, she knows how to, how to act in, in wrestling acting. Um, you know, that, that could be fun. You, you have some, you know, if they do it well, they could do a good vignette. Um, but yeah, again, it's, it's, it's the same eight or 12 people every week. It's the same few stories every week. So I, I don't want to see anything every week. So it's like skip a week, have a A show and a B show on, on SmackDown or, or, or better yet you have, you know, half A and half your your B. Uh, you know, each week and alternate. But it's just it's just it's just too much of the same. That that that's just my complaint. So while it was fine in a vacuum, it's not in the vacuum. And the promo he did last week was better. I agree. I'm sick of this too. But one thing that I did pop about. Remember their match a couple of weeks ago on SmackDown. I'm pretty sure it was two weeks ago. About two three weeks ago, when the gla- when when Rollins done a glam slam. That popped me. When, the, yeah, no, I mean, that the, the Edge Rollins match was good. I mean, again, I don't love long matches, so, but their matches are ridiculously long, just like the Edge Randy Orton matches were. I mean, I don't know if this is Edge and he feels like every match needs to be 25 to 40 minutes. Like, if they cut six minutes off of any of his matches, I think it would improve things. Um, but yeah, I, I like the the moves and the names, and I thought you know, and I and I thought the homages to the the uh, pedigrees was also really oh, cool yeah. in the wake of uh, Triple H's uh, heart condition. Um, any news again, on that? Actually, sorry, Jeff, is there any news? What's happening with Chip with Triple H right now? Is he still in hospital? Is he doing well? Have you heard anything? Well, he sent a tweet probably about three days ago, and he and he said, yeah, he's doing well and is thankful to all for all the love and support he's gotten. And it was like Stephanie's birthday yesterday or today or something. And, you know, she she was just thanking people for their birthday wishes. But they're keeping everything close to the vest. And, you know, which I, I guess is their right. Uh, you know, the investors might need to know what a, what you know, what a COO or CFO, you know, what, what their long-term prognosis is. But they don't need to know, you know, the, the day-to-day. But I, I imagine he had, a, he had some sort of open-heart surgery and probably... 
you know, has good days and bad days, but I, you know, I don't really have any inside information. I'm not sure if he's resting comfortably at home or if he's, you know, been moved from ICU or the cardiac unit to, you know, general pop, whatever, whatever you call a regular hospital bed is. Um, I, I really don't know, but I, I mean, they're saying he's doing better and yeah, well, he sent that one tweet, but that's all I know. Well, can I ask you a question just to touch on that just a little bit more? Do you think Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard changing NXT the way they have and Johnny Ace and whoever the other cronies are, do you think, uh, you know, releasing all these guys, all these guys jumping over to AEW and, and NXT turning into something else altogether, do you think that caused Triple H to have a heart attack in, in some ways, like, you know, from all the stress? Is he, <laughs> is he in hospital with a broken heart? No pun intended. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I will not rule that out as being a factor. How big a factor is, I, I know not. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, you don't have that body at any point in your life without a whole lot of help. And you certainly don't have it into your 50s without a whole <laughs> lot of help. Oh, now, I'm sure you have medical. Right. So... You know, and and some of that was in in the in the nineties. You know, you know, and in, in early aughts. You know, like before the Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit stuff. You know, before people like The Rock and Batista, whatever, figured out how to get doctors and human growth hormone, have you know everything scientifically calibrated okay. and all that. So he did a lot of abuse. There's a lot of people who died younger than him and right around his age. You know, from heart conditions. They also said it was genetic. Okay. Right. Maybe. Maybe maybe he had yeah, maybe he had a genetic predisposition. Listen, I don't think any of these things help. Um, I know he wasn't happy about some of the releases. I, I mean, I know he was, you know, had, you know, there are certain people who that, that he was more upset about than others. But I, I can neither confirm nor deny it. But I listen. Stress always plays a factor in heart diseases. It's it's not all because of you know me eating cheeseburgers. Right, and I love cheeseburgers too, man, and I've put on too much weight, so I better start watching myself, you know, otherwise, you know, things aren't going to be looking too good. But in saying that, we get your favorite woman, Liv Morgan, making her entrance to a solid pop, actually, Jeff. They showed a graphic for, for Carmella and Liv Morgan at Extreme Rules on Sunday. They then showed a graphic for Morgan versus Zelina Vega next. I mean, <laughs> let's see what happens here. So Zelina Vega's music hits... She made an entrance, cold cut to a recap of the women's tag team match from last week, including the Carmella and uh, Marcia Brady angle. So then that, we move on to match number two. Match number two, Jeff. I can't believe there's been that many segments. Told you. Between Liv Morgan and Zelina Vega. Morgan hit a huge drop kick on Vega and took it down. Carmella was sitting on the announced desk doing commentary. Morgan then went after Vega in the corner, but Vega recovers. Cole then asked Carmella about Morgan's following on social media. V Vega was in control in the ring, but Morgan recovered and drove Vega into the middle turnbuckle. Carmella then distracted Morgan, and then Vega hit a big kick and hit a sunset bomb for the win in around about three minutes. I'm even surprised Elena Vega won. I mean, she hardly gets a win. That's <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, what do you think of this? I mean, three minutes, not much to work with. I mean, it was just, it was just a match, I guess. Nothing crash. Oh, there was a match. I was just looking at Carmella on the, on the commentary desk. My God, that woman is sexy. 
Dude, I'm, I'm, you know what, man? I've noticed there used to be a lot of Camilla haters and, and a lot of people didn't find her that attractive, even though she's always been attractive, let's be honest, right? They're ridiculous. Right. But now everybody thinks Camilla's attractive suddenly. All those haters out there now suddenly are creaming in their freaking underwear, pretty much, you know what I mean? Over Camilla she's, and, and... She's playing a diva. She's playing someone from the divas era and she's doing a damn fine job of it. Absolutely. She's doing a bloody well a great job playing the diva and she is a diva let's be honest anyway right well you know carter she's she's starting a wine line she's she's starting her own wine company um so you know uh, which is why they gave her the sommelier in in the first place um but fear not Liv will win the match at extreme rules and yeah Liv gets a pop she's sort of like alexa bliss she's got like this core of dedicated fans who love her they're not just little girls. Um, they're not just, you know, younger women that are, you know, 18 to 30. There's also dudes that, that do, uh, the digger. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't see much for Liv, but I do see that she's going to win this match. Because Carmella's there to lose, and she's perfectly happy to lose and get her, you know, $300,000 a year. You know what, though, man? I think Carmella's... You know, she deserves a little bit more lately. I think she's worked hard to get to this point because, I mean, she went from, you know, being, you know, uh, Enzo's and Big Cass's sidekick to, like, now she's become a legit star. Sure, she's not the greatest, you know, in-ring competitor, but she gets everything else, and I think, you know, she deserves a better sort of run. But well, she like, had 97 title shots against Bianca. Right. But not winning it, though. That's the problem. But you know what? She's a star, dude. In her own way, she's cut out her own niche. She's she doesn't need a belt. Like, right. if, if she gets a title for five weeks every two and a half years, that's enough. Right. That's enough of a threat, and then let, let her play her let her play her game. It It's fine. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm also like a, you know, a a sucker for someone with a bodyguard. So I would love for her to have like a, like security, like she's important or something, you know, and they they bring like the red carpet for her and, and the ropes. Like she's doing what Eva Marie, I think wanted to do, but she does it better than Eva Marie. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like Carmella. I, I don't, I don't get the hate. Listen, if you told me four, four years ago, what do you think of Carmella as a wrestler? I'd say she sucks. But about two, two and a half years ago, after a long layoff, she came back, and she doesn't suck. She's not the greatest. She's not Becky. She's not Sasha. She's not Charlotte. She's not Asuka. She's not Kyrie Sane. But she's she's good. She's better than Bliss. She's as good as Vega or Tony Storm or or Liv Morgan or, or any of them. She's good. She's got so she's got some good moves. She has some tricky, sneaky stuff. She plays a good heel. She's a character. She 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 can be. She can play that kind of character forever. Just like Baron Corbin, who's another guy I don't like and we're going to get to shortly, but he can play that character forever and, and just do it. He can have a 10, 15-year career doing that. Well, speaking of Baron Corbin, we cut to a digital exclusive of happy Baron Corbin getting fitted for suits. Jeff, right, what, what, wasn't he on Wayne Street or Walnut Street? He was on, he was on like a very, he was on, he was on like the Seville Row of, of Philadelphia. He was. So we see him getting fitted in suits. He's pretty happy, apparently. <laughs> we should see what he brings to Happy Talk tonight on SmackDown. As Corbin's music hit in the arena, he made his entrance. 
Cole said a happy talk with Happy Corbin is next on SmackDown. So we move to our number two, Jeff. What do you think about this Happy Corbin thing? I mean, what's the end game? Don't know. All I know is that when he when he got poor, that didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. He's like, I'm losing all my endorsements. Like that very night, they're playing Applebee's commercials with him on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it didn't make any sense. But it was sort of funny. And him as a as a broken down bum, but like like not begging for a dollar, but begging for a hundred thousand right. dollars. That was funny. That was that was sort of getting over him. It was a little bit old. He's always wearing the same shirt, and it's and it's not getting more stained or whatever. That was good, but it only lasted like five weeks. So, like, this whole thing has been like in fast forward, and it doesn't need to be. Like, if he was still doing the the broken down bum thing, I mean, I guess they took advantage of the Las Vegas thing, and, and he's like, he hit it rich, and then he invested in stocks, basically the Cameron Grimes story. I was just going to say, right? But it was all like he hit it rich in Vegas. But if you have no money, what? How do you manage to put anything down? Like, who wins that much money in Las Vegas that, that they're you know they're now you know a hundred millionaire uh so none of it makes sense and you know i know that wwe thinks that we're morons and they they (laughs) they do insult our our intelligence regularly but he's just not that interesting he like i don't know why they think he's got the charisma or even the heel heat to carry one of these segments off he's not roddy piper he he just he just isn't that interesting he's 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 an ensemble player so they're desperately trying to find things to work. I'll say this. His suit was fantastic. The fedora was fantastic. Would it kill the guy to button his shirt? And would it kill the guy to put on a tie? There's lots of expensive ties. You get a nice Brioni silk tie, something, you know, show us about that. He had a lovely watch on. I mean, you know, somebody should have rolled him and stole that stuff afterwards. <laughs> well, like, like I said, I just don't know what the fuck they're doing with him. It's, it's I agree with you in in that poor storyline where he was broke, I think they should have stretched it. If mm-hmm. they had an end game though, if they knew where they were going with it. This is the end game because they tr- they filed for a trademark for Happy Corbin two months ago. He's stupid, dude. Happy Corbin. It's so Corbin, stupid. Bro. I mean, and it would have been great if like his money came from like the cryptocurrency that he invested <laughs> in China and then China just declared it, you know, banned and now he was broke again. That would be great. But they trademark Happy Corbin. So, you know, we're stuck with this. Yeah. And I guess I, I guess part of this is because of Kevin Owens, because if Kevin Owens loses, they're going to want him to do the honors to Baron Corbin. Well, I think you and I both realize that Kevin Owens is going to get the fuck out of WWE once his contract is up. There's no doubt about it. I think he's going I, to I, I have doubts about it. I, I mean, really? I, I mean, they have 200 people on, on the roster. Sure, he's going to get a push for two or three months, but then what happens after? I mean, look at Andrade. He's been there for three and a half months. He's had two matches and three managers. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Andrade, to be fair, but... I think there's a reason for the madness with Andrade because I'm sure you've heard about Rush's situation, right? Mm-hmm. I believe he wants to come to AEW and I've gotten a you know, pretty good source that pretty much confirms that, possibly. I, I'm sure he did too, but so what? There's another faction. There's a, you know, they're going to have another LFI, another Los Ingobernables. Yeah. Meanwhile, Roosh just had knee surgery and he's out for the rest of 2021. Now, whether that means he'll be good to go in 2022, I don't know. 
And Roosh in the past has demanded that his brother and his father come with him and that they all get sponsored on uh, work visas. I'm not sure if AEW sponsors work visas or not, because there's been a lot of guys with travel issues. Um, so I'm not, so I'm, I'm just not sure uh, about it. Maybe they do. Um, but I mean, I like Roosh, but what's he going to do other than be Andrade's psychic there? Uh, well, I'm also hearing that he's hard to work with. Apparently he's very demanding in the backlog. You just brought up about his father and, and Dragon Lee and you know, his brothers. Um, but I'm also hearing he's a prick. He's an asshole in the back. He's very, uh, like, just just a cunt, basically. Well, why would they want that, then? Right. So there's that, too. But but take put that all aside. I think Rush has got the potential to be a much bigger star than, you know, what he is right now. I think he's that good. Sure. <laughs> he's in Ring of Honor, and despite what the Ring of Honor Facebook group thinks, nobody's talking about ring of honor i mean when i was listening when i listened to you and jargo and and jargo talked about ring of honor for about five or ten minutes i'm like thank god somebody i'm not dreaming that it exists <laughs> i mean i know i go to shows i know i know I'm, i mean and all these people are like you better sign these you know the the desperados or whatever i'm like who oh, you don't need to sign the desperados if you're gonna sign indie guys at least sign like Majin Q or, or you know assign somebody that, that that's gonna bring new eyes to your TV set. Don't don't, don't worry about Daniel Garcia and, and Wheeler Yuta and Fred Ye Yehai and and who's the other guy? Lee Moriarty who was just who was just signed by the I'm like they're there to be jobbers. They're there to win a few matches on dark and never beat anyone important. And they're there because they're safe. There's a reason 2.0 and Daniel Garcia is on primetime TV every week. Because they're safe and they know how to work to a camera, and a lot of the other guys there aren't. Um, but they're you know, but they're not stars. They're they're players. They're background players. Um, but none of that has to do with Kevin Owens. The point is, I think AEW is very crowded, and there's only room at the very top for a sustained amount of time for a few people. And even when they try to keep people on top, it's sort of meandering. Now this is not this is not terrible. I mean, there's there, there are only so many titles, but like, what's Moxley been doing since he lost the title? I mean, has he been back in the title picture? No, he's been doing this sort of war on, you know, the elderly in Japan, uh, <laughs> teaming with Kingston and, and losing, you know, lots of title matches. Um, you know, and he's and he's still probably their top guy, um, but he's not really doing anything. I mean, Miro's doing something, but, like, what's Adam Cole going to do? We have yet to see that. What happens when Hangman Page comes back? By the way, like, this guy's been on pre-paternity leave and will be on paternity. Like, he's on paternity leave longer than the gestation period. <laughs> I'm glad you brought him up because I've said this for months, months. Him being in the Dark Order was all a charade, all right? Brought him down. Right, it definitely did bring him down, but I personally think the reason why he was in that position is because he was in limbo. I truly think TK and the booking committee at AEW actually don't know what to do with Hangman Page. So let's put him over here for now while we try to figure out how we're going to use him. And I truly believe that. And I think it's, I agree. it's de de elevated him big time. He doesn't but I think it's also part of Adam Page. I don't think Adam Page really knows. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I think he is himself. 
and he needs to step it up a notch. He, he like he's a really good wrestler, and for AEW, he's a bigger guy, um, and he's good looking, so he's, he checks all the boxes for TV wrestling. But he, he he doesn't really emote. He doesn't have a great voice. He doesn't have a great character. He's got like everything. Right. I mean, it's all like Drew McIntyre, except Drew McIntyre, his his promos sort of stink and. Like he's trying too hard. It's like Adam Page isn't trying hard enough. There's some guys. It's just like Pat McAfee. It's just right. Samoa Joe. It's just right. There's just some people who get it just right. Um, So it's not you know. And there's a reason why there's major leagues and there's not major leagues. But like Hammerstone gets it just right. Hammerstone is great, dude. The fact that he's not signed to a major company, it's kind of surprising. Uh, Joseph Samael gets it just right. I don't know who that guy is. I never heard of him before, but he gets it just right. Vincent from from Ring of Honor gets it just right. He knows his character and he gets it just right. So it, it's not like it's uber difficult, but yeah. But what happens when ha- when Adam Page comes back? I mean, you know what I call I call him Passover Page because it's always going to be next year in Jerusalem for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a great call. It's true. It's, I mean, though. it's true though. I mean, they keep signing. I mean, it was true when they signed Andrade, and now they've signed Daniel or Brian, rather, uh, CM Punk, and Adam Cole, and Brian Bray Wyatt is, is rumored to be there. Now you're talking about Roosh. I mean, I'm not saying all of them are going to be above Page, and then they've got people that they probably need to take care of, like Brian Cage, like Will Hobbs, like Ricky Starks. That everyone says is going to be a star. Doing what? He's, they put him on the commentary team on Rampage. Guess what? He stinks at commentary. Oh, bad. Yeah, it's nothing. He's good, dude. And I was listening to him just, you know, yesterday. Yeah. And honestly, dude, he seems like he doesn't speak up enough. Right. He seems like very, like, quiet in in many ways. I don't understand the hype for, for Starks when he just, I think he sucks on commentating. I dare say that even though Mark Henry sucked, right, which he did. Oh, right? he did. He's yeah, he was really terrible. bad, right? Yeah. But, I mean, is, is Starks any better? <laughs> I mean, really? No, no. At least Mark Henry has 20-plus years in, in in the business. And, you know, the, 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 even when he speaks, you you know, even if he doesn't sound great, you should listen to him. Starks isn't saying anything important. He's, you know, I mean, and then and Taz sort of overshadows him, which is sad. Anyway, I, I'm sure this really answers your question about Kevin Owens. <laughs> right, that doesn't matter. I like going on a tangent. I like how we, we move on to other things anyway, so it's all good. But the point being is that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, you know, who are sort of tied by the hip, both go to AEW. I mean, it'll be a big thing for a while. Maybe they'll get a tag team push for a while. Maybe they'll be the new Moxley Kingston. Maybe they can bring in some other indie guys that they work with and bring in more one offs and 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 but what is what is that long term? I, I I don't know. I mean at some point Somebody's going to get lost in the shuffle unless you keep bringing in these attraction people. But when you keep bringing these attraction people, that means that some people aren't working. And there are people like Cage, who Melissa Santos is his mouthpiece, and Pac, who in the past has been upset about stuff like that. And, you know, all these guys mired in Hardy family office. I, I, I'm just yeah. saying that, like, like, what's Lance Archer done that's worth a damn? I mean, there's, there's all these... Yeah, there's all these guys mired and they get forgotten about. And and I understand AEW's in the honeymoon period and all that. Exactly. And they're still trying to exactly. they're still trying to feel their way and they are giving people what they want. It's like a buffet. So as long as there's more food down the line, you're happy at the restaurant. 
but down there the steak is getting cold. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say, but I mean, it's up to those guys. If they want to go somewhere, they want to make a good amount of money, they want to work less, um, then yeah, they'll go to AEW. But if they, you know, I mean, and, and I guess work the way they want to and, and work the indies as well, they'll go to AEW. But, you know, if, if they want to maintain sort of mid to high card spots and make more money and, you know, and, and believe me, at some point there's going to be AEW people who go to WWE. It's just, it's just the nature of the business. It's the, it's right. the way of the world. Some of these guys that are forgotten or some of them, there, there might be, I, I doubt there's going to be too many bidding wars for anybody these days, but um, you know, people are, people will jump ship just for a better spot for themselves. And then Kevin Owens will get to work with people like them as well. So I don't know. Uh, listen, I, I'm not a giant Kevin Owens fan. What I think they should do is take that guy, Josh Briggs and Joe Gacy from NXT. One looks like big Kevin Owens. They looks like mm. little Kevin Owens and they should bring him on and they should make them his nephews <laughs> like, uh, like Hillbilly Jim and, 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 uh, you know, and uncle junior or uh, cousin junior and uncle Elmer. Oh, and then no. the, and it should be like the Owens family. And they, they should, uh, and then they should, you know, well, I don't care what they call themselves, but they should, they, uh, you know what they said it, to honor Owen Hart, they should call it, they should call it Owen's legacy, uh, the Owen's legacy. And they can, they can sort of, you know, few with the bloodline or whatever, and they could fight with each other, but then make up like the Briscoe brothers do in Ring of Honor. They fight with each other, but they make up because they're, they, they just like to fight. They're, they're barroom brawlers. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm the only one that thinks all three of those guys look the same, but I, I, I would stick them together. I can see the resemblance, but you know, in saying that, and how you brought up about AEW still in their honeymoon period, right? Well, get mm -hmm. this, all right. There's yeah. going to be a time where someone is really not going to be happy. And as far as Brian Cage goes, who apparently isn't happy, well, you, why was Hogan really successful, Jeff? Why, why do you think Hogan was as successful as he was? Uh, well, he clicked all the boxes. He was big. Uh, he had charisma. He was a right. great talker, and he also landed that role with Rocky Three. <laughs> and guess what else? He, he he why he was such a star for so long. Tell us, tell us, Jimmy Time. Because because he would turn around if he didn't like something, he would say it don't work for me, brother. Yeah, and that's what Brian Cage needs to do. Yeah, speak up, man. Don't get your wife to speak up for you. How about you say? The fact that he lost to Tessa Blanchard is exactly when he really started dipping, in my opinion, right? After that, he's never been the same. Why allow that shit to happen? Why stay quiet? How about you speak up and just say, same goes with Luchasaurus. After Adam Cole done a Canadian destroyer on a guy that's like 6'6". Six, six, a Panama Adam Sunrise. Oh, sorry. Panama Sunrise. The, the Nigerian Sunrise. <laughs> the Nigerian Sunrise. Whatever Sunrise, right? Right. The point is, a guy that's barely 5'9", done, right. a, done a Panama Sunrise, Canadian Destroyer, Lago Sunrise, whatever you want to call it, on a guy that's like 6'6", six, six and built like like a brick shithouse, right? Right. And got the pin 1, 2, 3. If I was Luchasaurus, again, I'm sorry, but I would have been like, that don't work for me, brother. I, I have always said that. I, I I always thought the Luchasaurus. Listen, he was in WWE, and he, so right. he doesn't like them. He's you know he's one he hated Bill Demott, who's been gone for what ten years now. So yeah, it feels like it. You know, it may sound, but yeah, he's someone the WWE should love, even though he's about 36, 37 years old. But so what? So so is Damian Priest. Is Karrion Cross just turned thirty five? So that's fine. But like 
I know that nobody wants to see this but anymore, but the, with his look and his size, like if you ever wanted to revive an Undertaker character, oh, like he's sort of the closest thing that you could get. So, you know, I don't know, but if, whatever it is, with his size, he's he's a WWE guy. Um, well, and, wasn't it WWE that told him you'll never be a pro wrestler? That's how bad he was? Uh I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't know the dirt of it that much. But you know, I, whatever it is, he he clearly can be a pro wrestler. He just insists on, on working like a little guy. Um, you know, they've obviously put a stop to that. Right. It's also stupid. But of course, this week, he, all he wanted to do was choke, do choke slams to people who weren't even hurt. So I mean, all, all of a sudden, he thought he was Kane. So uh, <laughs> I, fair, I don't know. The Bucks made him look like a million bucks. I felt that was one of the best outings for Luchasaurus I've ever seen in ring. <laughs> He's had, he's had, he's looked better the last two and a half months than he did the first 18 months he was there. That That's for sure. Um, but you knew that he was the one that was going to eat the pin. And just like you knew Lance Archer was going to eat the pin. And that's just the, the shame of it. You're right. Spot on. That's why you're the doctor, Jeff. Yeah. Spot on, dude. Well, let's get back into SmackDown. We move on to hour number two. We come back from the break as they showed a graphic for Ford and versus Reigns uh, tonight. Corbin was standing mid-ring with a hat rack, <laughs> security ropes, and plush chairs and all. Oh God, said, we're still on Corbin? Yes, we're still on Corbin, <laughs> unfortunately. Corbin said even the name of the show makes him happy. He said he's so happy he wants to, <laughs> he wants to whistle the tune, which he did poorly, as a matter of fact, Jeff. Corbin yeah, he went, goes this on. Shit. Right, it was pretty bad. But then Corbin goes on to say it's different than every other talk show. He said it's not like the Kevin Owens show where he breaks people down. He said this show makes everyone feel good. Unfortunately, not me, Jeff. Not me either. <laughs> well, he then goes on to say he wanted to guess who embodies happiness. He, so he introduced his first guest as himself. Hey. Right. So... <laughs> Is there any reason Bailey can't do a talk show segment while she's recuperating without any physicality? It would have been perfect. I can't see why she couldn't, but that's WWE for you. I don't even know what goes on with that company sometimes, but it is what it is. And not that I love this guy, but, you know, why would you have to release Bronson Reed? Why you you could make him the doorman in in Bailey's ding dong hello, and he's the one that could get physical, not Bailey. I mean, go many ways. these things are easy. And then you got another big guy that you can work into things. And maybe at some point he catches fire. I mean, listen, I was a Bronson Reed supporter for a while. And then like, at some point, like the light just went off. I'm like, oh, I see nothing in this guy anymore. Maybe Vince felt the same way, um, but substitute any other name. You know, it could have been EJ and Duca. It, it, it could have been any of the 40 people that they released. I mean, they could have, uh, uh, you know, put Shane Thorne and, and, uh, Jackson Riker back together and they could be her security. Whatever, it doesn't matter. You 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 get these people on TV and they and they can have roles where you know they beat some people down, but at the end of the day they lose. You know, like like the good brothers do. Don't speak logic, Jeff, because clearly WB does not freaking have any sort of logic, man. And it's I, well, they they do. They have one, and the, the, the their logic is why? Because fuck you, that's why. There you go. It's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Well. We go on to him introducing himself and he goes on to say how rich he is and what he had for dinner after the chef found out he was coming. 
Gorman then goes on to say he showed off his Rolex and his new suit. The crowd chanted, we don't care. Thank you, Philly, yes. for that. Because really, I don't care either, but I have to care for this point. But anyway, so then we see a video of him attacking Kevin Owens last week. McAfee called Corbin a scumbag. Corbin said <laughs> Owens is a former Universal Champion and one of the toughest guys on the roster. He then took him out with ease. He said it brings him joy. Owens' music then hits, and he made his entrance. As Owens came down the ramp, a man in a hoodie took him out. <laughs> hoodie guy laughed and punched at Owens as Owens tried to fight back. Corman then joins in and whipped Owens into the steps. The pair then double choke slammed Owens on the steps. Corman and the unknown man laughed at the downed Owens. Who the hell is this unknown man laughing, Jeff? Well, because Michael Cole said, is that Riddick Moss? Well, that leads me to believe it was Riddick Moss. Um, <laughs> I would not have recognized him. I knew, I knew that he was ready for a, uh, a return anytime. I knew that he had not been released. So, listen, I don't, I don't hate Riddick Moss. I thought he was one of the guys that actually looked okay in Raw Underground back when that, if anyone remembers, that season of Dallas. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I just don't understand why they just always do pairings. I mean, AW is a little bit crazy with the factions. WWE really doesn't like the factions. They like don't like to go more than three plus a manager. I don't get that. I mean, you know, the four horsemen is sort of like the preeminent one. NWO did pretty well for a while. Uh, you know, DX did pretty well for a while. I, I don't. I don't know why they don't. Why they're they're not into that. But you know, you know, even Evolution was three. So, uh, and the point being, like they they cut Arturo Ruiz. So, not that he's any necessarily anything special, but why couldn't it be Arturo Ruiz and Riddick Moss take out uh, Kevin Kevin Owens with Baron Corbin's help? Because Kevin Owens earlier in the year was like the Terminator where no matter what Roman Reigns would do, he'd still get up and be like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Him and Darby Allen were having those Terminator fights where <laughs> nothing would kill them. Um, oh, but, God, it's true. So Riddick Moss is back. I mean, this is a return, but this is like one of those returns like, so what? This is like signing Daniel Garcia. It's like no, nobody, I mean, I'm glad for Riddick Moss. I'm glad he's got a job. I'm glad they're putting him on the show. But I don't see how adding him with Baron Corbin and they're just doing a laughing gimmick yeah. elevates anybody. Ha ha, Baron. Right. Anyway, we get another backstage segment where Kayla was in the back with Ford, as you said again. before, again, right? Kayla then asks what Ford called the Usos and Ford saying bloodline bitches. Kayla then asks if he regretted saying it, saying it since he has to face rain tonight. Ford said no, and he's going to do what Ford does. He said he's tired of hearing about the bloodline and he's going to show what he can do. He only wishes Dawkins was here to see it. Ford then modified the tagline to I want the smoke, not we want the smoke, obviously. He also sang Bloodline Bitches. <laughs> like like the Justin Guarini did in those Dr. Pepper commercials. Right, right. Well, hey man, like I said, I'm a fan of Ford, but do we really need to see another promo about the same shit? Pretty much exactly the same shit. Not really. I didn't need to. I, I, mean, I said it at the beginning of the show. No, I, I didn't need to see two promos from him. Yeah, I agree. So then we go back into the arena. Nikki Trash, I, I call her, because. Good. I'm sorry, I don't know what your stance is right now, but I just, yeah, I just can't stand it. But anyway, we go back in the arena as Nikki Trash and Rhea Ripley made their entrance. 
I couldn't tell if anyone cared about Nikki, to be honest, Jeff. Nobody really. cares. Right. No, no I, I would dare say even Ruby Soho gets a bigger response than Nikki Ash, and neither one of them get any response. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Soho because all I hear with that damn song, not Ricky, uh, Ruby, Ruby, you know, Soho, all I hear is Ruby's a hoe, pretty much. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. That's what goes through my mind every time I hear that damn song. Sure, Ranted is a great band, great song, I get it. Are they? Okay. Well, that's what the you know the the kids tell me today. I mean, a lot of people seem to like them. Are they as good as Fozzy? You know what, dude? I'd say no. That's just okay. me, though. Others well, will say I'm an idiot for saying that, but I'm well, not then they're not a great band. band. Right. Well, because I'm not really into that style of music anyway. Like, you know what I mean? They're a bit too punky. Know. Yeah, punky. It's sort of like I mean that song is sort of like light punk. Yeah, it's commercial punk, basically. That's right, like pop, like pop right, punk. Yeah, right, absolutely, yeah. right. Well, I, mean, I can tell that, and I'm old. <laughs> you said it. So, but we go back from the break. Hey, I'm the doctor, and I just diagnosed what I heard. That's all. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's why you're the doctor, Jeff. Right. But we come back from the break. Cole said there's a breaking news. They showed a graphic of Edge with a tweet. They announced that Edge will be at SmackDown next week to confront Seth Rollins. Cool. How many times oh. are we going to see this shit happen? Don't get me wrong. They're great together, but enough already, please. Let's move on. Right. Well, yeah. Um, and a tweet is not breaking news, but it's better than NMSNBC who does breaking news and because their next guest is someone who wrote a book that came out four months ago. That, that's not breaking news. That's, <laughs> oh, that's breaking olds. I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not even breaking. I mean, so anyway. Literally. Yeah. So yeah, so well, so they're fighting uh, Tamina and Natal Natalia again. Uh, yep, unfortunately they are. And since you brought it up, we move on to match number three, Jeff. And this is the Ooh. second last match of the evening. Unbelievable! I told you we get two matches an hour. Four matches, dude. I mean, seriously, a two-hour show, two matches an hour. I didn't <laughs> people, I didn't lie to you. Jeez, unbelievable. Well, Nikki took down Natalia. Natalia battled back and whipped Nikki into the ropes. Nikki reversed and hit a low drop kick. Natalia then recovers and went after Nikki. She drove Nikki into the corner and hit stomps to the stomach. She then hit a suplex for a near fall. Natalia put Nikki on the top rope, but Nikki reverses it. She looked to hook in a tornado DDT, but Jamina uh, Tamina jumped on the apron. Jemina. Yeah, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, Ripley then comes over. Pulled Tamina down in the ring. Natalia rolled up Nikki, but Nikki reversed it for the one, two, three. Winner, Nikki Trash in two minutes. Yay. I mean, this this is terrible, but uh, didn't uh, Shotzi and Tegan come out and shoot their missiles? So I guess they're sh shooting their shot that they want the, they want a title shot. Which, by the way, didn't they earn a contendership earlier? Like, they should have had the shot before um uh ash and ripley anyway i like never happened jeff right and i'm a little bit afraid that it's not just gonna be a one-on-one -on -one match they're gonna make it a, a fatal three-way no. where obviously tamina will you know take oh. the pin in, in that one. Oh, please he's torture well as you said shotty and tegan do make the engines on the tank and shot a missile god he's ridiculous that ripley and nikki who are in the ring celebrating whoopity whoopity whoop Anyway, we cut to a recap of Dominic and Mysterio. Uh, Dominic and Mysterio. I mean, Dominic and Mysterio. 
See what? See, you know, see that? Just say what Chris says and go, uh, Dom, Dominic and the, I mean, Ray and his weirdo son. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and Sammy Zayn from last week. Dominic and Ray Mysterio were in the back and Ray was showing Dominic a video on his phone. Dominic then said, Ray is suffocating him. <laughs> Dominic then told Ray that he nitpicks him too much. Typical father and son love, right? Mm -hmm. Dominic then goes on to say Ray wants him to fly alone, uh, but he's always there. Dominic said he would have beat Zayn if Ray wasn't there. Zayn showed up and told Dominic he has been improving, but told Dominic to listen to his instincts and not to his dad. Actually, I thought Sami Zayn, this was, this was a good promo. This was good psychology. I like that. I mean... I don't love Sami Zayn because he's built like a biker, like a bicyclist, not not a wrestler. But but he, you know, he's this is this is better than his sort of Looney Tunes conspiracy theorist thing. I kind of didn't mind that because it's kind of funny, right? I mean, it except it went nowhere, and you could tell it was going to go nowhere. Like if they actually like if his documentary ever came out and it actually showed things, like it was even if it was like a it was cut together and really like cheaply edited, like it was. You know, and he had like released the Kraken kind of stuff and like these fake cheesy lawyers who ended up getting disbarred. And, you know, I mean, if he if he went that far, they let him. It, it could have been something. And then he'd have to get a title with that. I mean, which which is which is fine. I mean, there's not, you know, he could have gotten a mid car title with that or brought in somebody. You know, I, I keep pairing people off or bringing people together, you know, and then, you know, but he had the art collective before he could have he could have tried to reform a group anyway. I, I like this. I like, I mean, I'm not interested in Dominic Mysterio. Frankly, I'm not interested in Rey Mysterio. And I don't know if I should confess this or not. It's not just I'm not interested in Rey Mysterio now that he's 46 or 47. I was never interested in Rey Mysterio. I, I, I know he was a legend. Never interested in him. Not a day. Dominic, he shouldn't be on my TV. He, he, I mean... I don't know. I, 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 I don't even get it. I mean, he doesn't even have like Jungle Boy's good looks and hair. So I, I don't I don't get it. Um, but I like what Sami Zayn's doing here. So we see where this program is. It'll be my piss break. That's fine. But, you know, this, this is a, it's it's OK. Well, guess what, Jeff? I'm glad yeah. you've come out with the truth. Right. And I've got mm -hmm. a confession to say, too, actually. I've never been a Rey Mysterio fan. Uh. Either. <laughs> yep. Booyaka, booyaka, Jeff. Not bad. We're both cancelled. We can. <laughs> we'll get into that right before the end of the show, because that's something we really need to touch on. But um, yeah. And Dominic, as far as Dominic goes, get the fuck off my TV. I said it. That's it. Just fuck off. You. He looks like a friggin'. Anyway. Looks I like a Power Ranger <laughs> exploded on him. <laughs> In what way? Like the way uh, Vince exploded on NXT while while Triple H was there, copping a bukkake all over him, a colorful no. bukkake. Well, almost like like whoever exploded on the NXT logo exploded <laughs> on on a Power Rangers uniform. <laughs> oh well, fuck! It is what it is. I mean, jeez. <laughs> They're not even like interesting petroglyph or geoglyph symbols. <laughs> They're just uh, watercolors. Well, yeah. in NXT case, anyway. Like, well, like if they made it like, like, like from like a Maya Aztec, you know, uh, tablet or something, like something with historical stuff, like a war cries or something or whatever, that that would that would be interesting at least. 
Right. I mean, hey, he he would be. But you're right, man. I cannot stand Dominic Mysterio. I I think he won't be doing this forever, dude. I think. I hope not. I truly think he's not cut out for it, really. I mean, he can wrestle. He's all right. But he's so lanky and just weird looking in a way. I don't know, man. Uh, that's just me. I'm, I'm probably being too harsh on the kid. But that's just how I feel. Well, anyway, we move back to the arena. Naomi makes her entrance to a great reaction. They showed a recap of Naomi talking to DeVille last week and dressing her down. Cole then said they... Say Naomi isn't scheduled to compete tonight, but she looks ready for action. Naomi then enters the ring as they cut to a break. As we come back to the break, Naomi was in the ring with a mic. She said she came to SmackDown to compete, but DeVille won't put her in a match. She then said she's been disrespected and ignored and fined. Naomi then said she's had enough and she's going to have a match tonight. DeVille then comes down and said, no, it's not happening. DeVille then says... She makes the matches, not Naomi. Naomi then asked DeVille to make a match between the two of them. DeVille said she would slap the glow off of Naomi, but she's no longer a competitor. She then says Naomi's, Naomi's boss, she said, she said she's Naomi's boss and, and, uh, and a WWE official. Naomi then said she isn't a good one. Naomi asked her to make the match and the crowd chanted make the match along with her, DeVille told Sort of. They sort of chanted with her. Right. It took a while. Well, yeah, well, they, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, overbearing, but it was there. But anyway, uh, DeVille told someone to cut the mic and the crowd continued to chant. DeVille told Naomi she has had countless chances and always lets everyone down. DeVille called for security to escort Naomi out of the arena and she can TikTok dance on out of here. <laughs> I kind of like that little line. So, yeah, obviously we're leading to some sort of match between these two. Yeah, yeah dude. And, and Sonya Deville will make her back into the ring. And, and, you know, a few months ago, everyone was saying the SmackDown women's roster is really thin. And it was. And then Becky came back. You know, then the you know Vega came came back and she didn't really do much. Tony Storm was signed, and but they didn't really do much with her. What the but, hell, you know, dude? I mean, that, yeah. that, that that really pisses me off. Not because she's Australian and, you know, she's from Australia and whatnot, but just because I personally think Tony Storm is so much better than what they're portraying her, dude. What was the point? Uh, I don't know. You just want to see her big ass on there. Everyone everyone seems to like her ass. Uh, <laughs> it did um, get pretty big. I'm not going to lie, but it's good. It's a good big. I mean... It's fine. She's she, she's 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 not my she's not my type that way. But yeah, I, I, listen, she's a pretty good wrestler. I, I think that she she's is. sort of she's a lot better than you realize, Jeff. Believe me when I tell you that, dude. I, I feel that she's a, a little bit overrated. But anyway, it's but 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 she's there. And listen, the thing that's going on with Naomi and Sonya, it's a wrestling story. You've got the authority figure abusing their power, keeping someone down. They're not playing, and you know she's not playing into this bloodline thing which i think is good everyone wants naomi to join the bloodline she's a natural baby face i mean if she wanted to turn heel and join the bloodline there's there's plenty of time for that but let, let her do her thing I, I i like this and i like that it's probably gonna get sonya deville back into the ring that's all cool um the only issue i've had with it is that sonya 
like was sort of like the agent provocateur, like she was sort of sabotaging and undermining Adam Pierce for a while. But then they were like totally on the same page for a few months. And now she's sort of like the heel, but only in this regard. Like for a while she was helping Charlotte, but then they dropped that. She's like a Stephanie then, in a way, dude. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like very fickle. Now it's not dissimilar from real life where people have favorites and it's not necessarily consistent, but that's not wrestling. It's a little bit confusing. But that but if I'm just gonna take this little story and encapsulate it as a story, this is a wrestling story. I like wrestling stories. This is a low card wrestling story. It's fine. It's it's perfectly fine. Naomi got the crowd behind her, Sonya's getting the heat. People want to see her in the ring. Everyone knows what happened to her and Mandy about a year and a half ago. So people want to see her. So, you know, I think people are starting to forget that Sonya was a MMA fighter also. So, you know, let's get it done. I like, I like the slow burn. This, I don't mind this at all. I don't, I don't think the women's segments were bad. I thought the women's matches were bad. Interesting. Actually, you brought up an interesting point. Has DeVille not wrestled since that, that incident with Mandy Rose? Is that? She, she has not. And Mandy's certainly wrestled plenty. Do you think it has anything to do with that incident? I, I mean, I'm not really one for coincidences, so yeah. Mm, interesting, because I forgot like about that incident, and thank God nothing happened. Thank God they got yeah. out. Yeah, but but yeah, some fans are just. I've seen some comments on Twitter, dude. That makes me sick, dude. Have you seen these guys, these weird wrestling fans? I mean, it is what it is. I hate to say it, but, you know, our circles can get pretty weird, right, Jeff? I mean... Sure, absolutely. And some of these fans, the shit they say to some of the female wrestlers, it's just... Yeah, it's it's fucked. Right, it's like what I say to Terry Runnels. <laughs> like, Terry, we're, we're around the same age. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's hey. right. You know what? Terry's a god, Jeff. You That's probably it. have a good chance of actually getting because that girl jumps from friggin' male to male. I don't yeah. know, man. Terry, you can teach me how to smoke cigars. <laughs> I'm sure she smoked plenty of cigars, Jeff. But I anyway, hope so. But anyway, that's that's for another night. You hit the explicit, right? You check the explicit box, right? Right, absolutely. Don't okay. worry, Jeff. You can drop F bombs, you can drop C bombs, you can say whatever you like, man. But Reigns comes out of his locker room in the back with Heyman and the Usos in tow. The Usos then bumped into Otis and Chad Gable. The two teams stared at each other and Jay held up the tag title. They went back to the arena and Ford made his entrance to a solid pop. They showed a graphic for Reigns and Ford next. We come back. They showed a recap of Belair and Lynch from earlier. Afterwards, Lynch was in the back. She said Belair is the dumbest... <laughs> Lynch said she's seen, she's been champion every active day. She's been in WWE since WrestleMania 35. She then said she's not afraid of someone she beat in 26 seconds. Lynch then said that she's going to not only beat Belair, but break her. What'd you think? I am liking this Becky Hill turn. I liked Bucky. it from day one. I know a lot of people didn't like it. They're like, they're never going to boo Becky. Yeah, they are. They, they they give her an immediate pop, but then they boo. Just like they do for Roman Reigns, just like they do for, you know, Omega or, you know, Adam Cole or whatever. The the, the fans can, you know, Britt Baker, there, there are plenty of cool heels. But yeah, they're booing her when they're supposed to boo her. I'm loving it. I, I forgot how good Becky was, to be honest. I really, 
or maybe I didn't appreciate how good she was until she came back. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying this. I think it's great. When the Usos bumped into the Alpha Academy, I mean, I don't think anyone real well, you did. I, I don't think anyone else thought the Street Profits were going to win this weekend. But that sort of spoiled the end when you sort of have the next opponents lined up the two days before pay-per-view. So, right, right. Uh, and, and the only reason they'd be looking at each other was because they had those belts. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, I, li- I like the, the Becky segment. I, I thought it was cool. I, I, you know, and I, you know, everyone's like, it's burying Bianca. No, she's, she's looked good. The crowd's behind her. People still cheering her. Uh, you know, she got a great reception in her hometown of, you know, or where she went to college in, in Tennessee, Knoxville there. Kane came out, put her over, gave her the key to the city. So, yeah, I mean, that people love to say Barry. They don't know what that word means. She's been on TV every single week. She's still in the title picture. Those titles don't actually mean anything. You don't get a title bonus, um, you know. So um, she'll be just fine. Yeah. Actually, well, Jeff, I think you do get a bit more higher pay. I think you, well, back in the day you did. If you became you a champion, know. you get a bit more money, apparently, from what I've read in books. Like, Bret Hart used to say that. But how uh, Well, that, is, that probably represented where they saw you on the card. And, and also right. because, you know, your pay-per-view percentage, you know, there was slotted in the card. So if you were the champion, you would make more on the pay-per-views. And that was a big part of it. Now these guys all have, and gals, they all have downside minimums and there really is no pay-per-view anymore. So there's not that gate cut anymore. I mean, maybe if you have a belt, you sell more merch and you sort of indirectly get, you get more sponsorship and things like that. But I, I, I don't, I don't think you get an automatic bump and pay. Now, if you're, you know, killing it like Roman Reigns is at your next contract signing, you may get more money because, you know, they can always put the title on you and get instant heat. Uh, and, you know, and he can be a, you know, I mean, I think he's already a five-time title. Now it's the sixth, but he could easily hold the title five more times if he keeps this up. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. Anyway, the point the point is, I like this, and and Bianca's doing just fine. So yeah, I I liked it. And actually, this match, the main event, was the best part of the show, the best okay. match of the show for sure. Well, Ford was in the ring. He asked for Reigns, then Roman Reigns' music hits, and he made his entrance. Reigns stood at the top of the ramp as Heyman handed him the Universal Championship. Uh, Reigns held it up for his pyro to go off. Ford was in the ring clapping. Reigns stared down Ford as he walked down to the ring. They ran down the card for Extreme Rules. Reigns stared down Ford in mid-ring and held up the championship. So that moves us to the main event between Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Montez Ford. Ford and Reigns locked up. And Ford got a headlock. Reigns reversed it into a headlock of his own. Ford sends Reigns into the ropes and Reigns' shoulder blocked him down. Reigns then went on, went off the ropes and Ford hit his over and, to, uh, over and down spot before hitting Reigns with a drop kick. Reigns was rocked against the ropes and came at Ford who hit another drop kick that sent Reigns to the floor as they cut to a commercial break. As we get back from the break, Reigns was in control of Ford. Reigns then chokes Ford with the middle rope. Reigns stalked Ford and sent him into the top turnbuckle, head first. Reigns mounted him in a corner and hit a series of punches. Reigns then hit a running clothesline to take Ford down. Reigns raised the number one finger to finger to booze. Reigns then smothered Ford with a headlock. The crowd chanted Tribal Chief. Reigns then picks up Ford and hit him with a series of clotheslines in the corner as the crowd counted along. 
Ford fought back and hit chops on Reigns. Reigns went for a kick to the gut, but Reigns caught it. Ford hit an Inseguri and sent Reigns to the floor. Ford then followed him out and went after Reigns. They made their way around the corner. Ford tried to jump off the announce table, but it crumbled beneath him. He then improvises and jumps off the steps to launch himself at Reigns back. But then they go back in the, in, in the ring. Reigns recovers and took down Ford with a big lift. Ford rolled to the floor as they cut to another commercial break. So then we continue, Jeff. Reigns was choking Ford with the top rope. Ford fought back with a hit and a big kick. He went to the top and hit a cross body for a near fall. Ford then kept after Reigns but missed a kick. Reigns watched Ford somersault then Ford hit a standing blockbuster for a near fall. Ford went to the top and went for a splash. Reigns then rolled out of the way as Ford rolled on his landing. Reigns then hit a standing rock bottom and got a near fall. Reigns stalks Ford and set him and set him up for a Superman punch. Ford then reversed it into a DDT for a close fall. Ford picked up Reigns, but Reigns recovered and hit a big punch that rocked Ford. Ford sent Reigns into the ring post and to the floor. Ford then leaps over the top rope and hit a kick from the apron. He then throws Reigns into the steps, then back into the ring. Ford went to the top for the, for the form, the heavens, but Reigns got his knee up and locked in the guillotine and got the win. In around about 16 minutes. What do you think, Jeff? You said it was, I thought the this best, was yeah. best thing of the show, right? Yeah, I thought I thought this was good. I think that the the time was was good. I mean, obviously the long entrances is you know well, maybe Romans is the exception right. because his, his his thing is so it's so epic. You know, the whole thing is uh, has is bigger. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I thought Montez Ford looked pretty good in it. Um, I think you got a, a touch of maybe, uh, you know, a vision of what you might see in the future. People were, were the same about him as a solo star. I mean, I think he'd be fine without Dawkins. I feel for Dawkins. Um, but, you know, Roman won sort of abruptly, which is okay. And when I looked at the time, I knew something else was going to happen. And But, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I liked that Roman won. I, I liked that he didn't resort to – it wasn't because of the Usos or Paul Heyman or anything like that. It was like the Cesar match. It was – it was tough. It was hard fought, but then he, then he, you know, he got saw his opening, put the guillotine on, and and the guy dropped dead. So there you go. <laughs> well, speaking of you knowing something else was going to happen, that's exactly what we get. As Heyman enters the ring and told Reigns that wasn't enough for Ford sinned, Heyman's told Reigns to show the demon and Lesnar what happens when Reigns takes it to the extreme. Again, Paul Heyman doing a lot of unilateral talking, not being told to speak, but he just he just speaks. Right, it's that's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like it anyway. Heyman asked the timekeeper to play the Usos' music. The Usos then make their entrance and enter the ring. Reigns directed the Usos to the outside and they handed Reigns a chair. Reigns then attacks Ford with the chair repeatedly. Reigns hit the standing rock bottom on Ford through the table. The lights then go out in the arena. Cole asks what was going on. Really, Cole, you don't know what's going on. Really, <laughs> Anyway, a red light came on and smoke was billowing from the corner of the ring where Bella was already perched on the top. Bella then jumped off on Reigns and the Usos taking them out. Bella went nuts and attacked Reigns. The show went off the air with Bella standing tall at the bottom of the ramp, bathed in the red light, which actually means Reigns is going to win this Sunday. Right. So you've changed, changed yeah, your I've mind. Changed. Just, yeah. from, just from looking at that, 
it's pretty obvious what's going because WWE never change their way, dude. It's just the way they do things. It's right. clear. It's clear as day. Right. When the, when the heel is laid out before a title match, it means the heel is going to win. But it was fun. This was pretty cool. And you knew, I mean, aside from looking at the clock, when Heyman is yelling at the timekeeper place or the commentary, hit the Usos music, you know, the, the music comes from the back, from production. So, you know, that was the cue to tell Finn to get ready. You know, put, right. put your wig on and get out from under the ring. It's 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 your, it's your time now, buddy. Um so I always wonder how long they're actually waiting under the ring. And, you know, I, I'm sure like it's during a commercial break or something. And when something else is going on, when they're doing the Connor's Cure thing and he is disguised as a, as a you know, ring keeper or a ring, you know, guy or security guy or whatever with a hoodie or something. Anyway, not important. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a I thought it was a good ending. And this this whole sequence from from Roman's Roman's lounge to the Becky promo to the end. That's best part of the show. By the way, the ratings as reported by Brandon Thurston, uh, and they're they're typically lower on Saturday than they end up being, uh, especially now that the NFL pregame uh, aren't on lots of Fox networks as well, because that made them go down actually when once you took right. the, the Fox games out of it, the NFL games. But Right now, it's a little bit over two, but it's expected to go up to about 2.2, which is sort of holding steady or dropping marginally from last week. But they seem to be giving back a little of that momentum they got when Brock came back. But they've already announced that Brock is going to be back next week and it's coming off a pay-per-view. So, you know, we'll see. Becky gave him a little shot in the arm. Uh, maybe the demon did a little bit, too. I, I have my doubts about that. But Brock definitely gives him a, a shot in the arm now. These shots in the arm are 100,000, which in Monday Night War terms, that's a lot. I mean, it's still significant, but, I, you know, it's not life-changing. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Fox was expecting, you know, viewership of like three, three and a half. Well, interesting that you said that because I don't know if you've seen the reports, but apparently Fox ain't happy and they were expecting upwards of three million week in week yeah and that's a that's coming out today from i'm pretty sure it's cage side seats or fightful reporting it but apparently fox execs aren't happy and they're especially not happy that WWE continues to push peacock which is obviously part of nbc universal which fox right. don't like so but WWE's answer to that is well fox you should have put fucking a bid in if you wanted our shit so bad why not bid for it but I think Fox is happy enough. I don't, I don't know how true that is. I think SmackDown rates pretty well, especially when you look at it, comparing it to Raw. I mean, Raw struggles to get two mil. Whereas yeah, but, SmackDown... But they're, they're not comparing it to Raw. I mean, I'm sure at some level they are, but they're comparing it to the other three major networks on Friday night. That's who Fox is competing with. They're competing with ABC, NBC, CBS. So, you know, they... SmackDown doesn't usually come in one on Fridays. I think they were expecting that. It doesn't always win the demo. I think they were expecting to always win that coveted demo. I mean, I think they were willing to give, you know, CBS the Blue Bloods and CIS crowd. Um, but no, they're, they're, they're not happy. And, and yeah, I've been hearing these reports. I've heard them recently. I've been hearing them for a long time. But intuitively, you knew it. When they, when they debuted, they got 4 million people. Then it dropped to 3.3 which is fine. I mean, there's normally a 40% drop, even though this is an established product and 
3.3 was is less than a 40% drop. It's like a 20% drop. Um, I think that's what they were expecting. They were expecting to get threes. And, you know, part of the problems of what we've said, it's the same 12 people. It's the same formula. The same people are always fighting each other. There's not a lot of surprises. Um, but also there's two matches an hour and there's too much recaps. There's recaps of last week. There's recaps of what happened in the show earlier. They've got bad ideas like happy Corbin, like as a character, fine, but having a talk show segment, no, why? Stupid. Um, and the if surprise you're... is Riddick Moss. No, if you're going to have Riddick Moss as part of your surprise, he needs to be with a group of guys. Cause you know, just like when Pat McAfee, you know, there was Pete Dunn, only Lorcan and Shane Birch. No one cared about them. Pat McAfee joined them. All of a sudden, they're interesting. The, you, you, you needed Ric Flair to make Ole Anderson and Tully Blanchard interesting. You know, you, you need someone. It ain't Corbin. It isn't Moss. You know, f- find someone to be that that speaker that, that could do it. I mean, Zelina Vega could do that. She's a better talker than a wrestler. Huh. Anyway. But also, they and, and all of the freaking entrances take too long. There's too much nothing on the show. There's not enough action, whether it's segments or wrestling. But, I mean, I think on a wrestling show, you should have at least three and a half matches an hour. I agree. And it's a weird format because you're right. It's a it's become a preview recap show. Mm-hmm. And like, really, on the SmackDown side of things, it, it, it really, like, is noticeable compared to Raw because Raw goes for three hours. But... Yeah, man, I don't know if I like that because going by my notes, I'm pretty much just recapping. I'm not even really saying much about matches, right? Because there really isn't many to nitpick. And if there is, I mean, they pretty much average anywhere between two minutes, literally, and no more than five minutes until we get to the main event, pretty much. that's what Well, the other thing I heard is that Fox was really pissed off that WWE didn't sign... CM Punk, right. and they actually offered to pay his contract. They gave them a bucket of money, say, sign him. And I don't know why they didn't, but if they signed CM Punk, are we so sure that Daniel Bryan would have joined AEW? Because Daniel Bryan could have had a lot of fun working with CM Punk on WWE TV. Daniel Bryan likes WWE. He likes Vince. It was very clear in his statement. He's been nothing but classy, but he's been almost effluous. What's the word? Effluous? Uh I don't know, whatever. I can't think of the word, but yeah, that's well, nobody else does. (laughs) No, 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 I get you. And you're right, because he came out with a love letter to WWE, pretty much, and to the fans, as you would know, and I'm sure you read. And he even said it, like, uh, in a promo after his debut, like, when when they went off the air, that he actually liked where he worked. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys, he's one of those rare guys that actually was enjoying where he was, but... Let's be honest, all right? Vince was probably going to make him slow down. Didn't want him wrestling anymore anyway, right? Obviously, Brian Danielson wasn't ready to, you know, slow down. I just hope for his own sake, because that match with between him and Kenny, as great as that was, I felt like Kenny really fucked him up a little bit. I mean, that spot from the top right where he'd done a suplex kind of turned him inside out. If you notice carefully, he hit his forehead right on the ring and left a nice bruise, man, right here. And yeah. that can't be good for his concussion issues, obviously. They were they were scary stuff. I mean, listen, I, I could come up with a 12-point plan to make WWE television more interesting. And and But a simple thing is less filler, 
more matches. I mean, forget about hindsight, but I mean, that's one of the reasons Fox is bad because they could have had CM Punk on TV, whether or not that would have kept Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, no idea, but I, but it wouldn't have hurt any, um, I don't know. You, you never know, you know, and there's a lot of momentum tied to that. Maybe Adam Cole would have wanted to stay because then he could work, continue working with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and other guys. I mean, but listen, I'm not, I don't think Cesaro is all that exciting, but he hasn't ha- had a match on TV in a few weeks. Why, why isn't he doing anything? Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're having, not that Shane Thorne is interesting, but they're putting him on oh. the pre-show. I mean, why aren't the people, the, the seven guys still on the 205 Live roster, why aren't they, <laughs> you know, why, why aren't they working on that? Why aren't they having fatal four ways so that they can get a shot at the, the Cruiserweight Championship on NXT? Or why aren't they the ones who are losing to the guys that you're trying to build? I mean, do, do you really need the Alpha Academy to lose to the Street Profits and then they stare at the champions, they get a title shot? Or can't you have two, two goobers from 205 Live lose to Alpha Academy or lose to Street Profits, who, who, you know, whoever you're trying to build to that title. I mean, wins and losses shouldn't, you know, we, we, we need not have the ranking system because we know that the one AEW is broken and busted. And by the way, that's busted. easy to fix too. Right. That's easy as hell to fix. Just say it's one factor. There's a booking committee. We look at a bunch of factors. Here are the five factors. You could even make storylines with that. You could, you could make storylines where smart Mark Sterling you know, sues his way onto the booking committee to do things for Jade. You could, you could have, you know, uh, you know, uh, an ex-referee like one of the Hebners come in and you know, and he needs the money. He's on the take. You can move Arn on there and you know, get him off of get him off the TV screen so he's not falling off of rings anymore. Whatever oh, you could, what you, the hell? Yeah, true. you could, you could do, a, you could do a whole bunch of things. You could bring in old promoters who want to make an appearance every three months. Uh, you know, and you can have guys like, I don't even know who's still alive, but, you know, Gary Hartz or Skandar Akbars or Larry Sharp, whatever. <laughs> right, whoever. <laughs> you know, and you Mark can have Graham. the booking. Right. No, you you name them. No, yeah. yeah, well, you can have some dead, dead people there, too. But I, I don't know. I mean, bring, bring in the guys, bring in Jerry Briscoe. You know, he wants. He, I'm sure he wouldn't mind making an appearance every now and then. Bring in James J. Dillon. You, you, they're on TV once every three months, having having debates and discussions about you know making arguments for quality of wins, who's got the momentum, this that and whatever. That could make for. But whatever it is, that's one way to say. Well, we look at the rankings. We look at this. I mean, Ring of Honor does that. They say the rankings are but a factor. The board of directors decides, and here's the four factors now. I don't think they've used it in storyline much since the beginning, which is a detriment they should too, but it, it just copy what Ring of Honor does. It's, it, it's an easy fix. But, I mean, the point is you can mix things up on WWE and make it more interesting and make it faster and make it a more digestible show. Well, I guess we'll find that out soon enough if, if that's true. Well, yeah, we'll see how long it takes. <laughs> <laughs>